Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, oh The Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can go to our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com, to see our back catalog. You could listen to the podcast through that website. Sure can. You can uh, connect to your... Those are all things you can do. Yeah, you can connect to the Facebook group, Instagram. Welcome to our newest members in our Facebook group. Yeah. We've uh, both added a couple mm-hmm. new faces. We would uh, we would bring you in by name and or I'm going to say name. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say I'm sorry because we're a little crazy, a little bit weird. So speak for yourself. Our, our posts are reflective of that. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, we got a few things to clarify up right away. We do. We do. We First do. First off and foremost, if you're new, this is uh, old news to the uh, recent listeners or, you know, the ongoing listeners, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we had the wonderful news of finding out that we're the top 10% podcasts in the world, which was just unbelievable to hear. The whole world. The, the world. The world. The entire round world we live in. Wait, it's not flat? No, ma'am, it's not. So that was <laughs> great sure? news. And then to couple it, uh, we had an email issue. We did. And we didn't know really what was going on because we reached out to a lot of people because it's Halloween coming yeah. up. It's basically our Super Bowl, the month of October and all that. Right. So I reached out to a lot of places and we received back even better news from Spe- uh, Feedspot. We did. And we were included at Oh the Horror in the top 80 horror podcasts on the web in the world, basically. Ta-da! Yeah, so we thank you again for your continued listenership Correct. and your involvement in the podcast. Word to mouth basically is what got us here, which yeah. we're just blown away by. Yes, and cannot humbly thank you enough. It's been weird. Here. It's amazeball. It's been weird at the household because it's amazeball. We've had zero ads. We haven't done any. True I haven't. Story. We have not spent a penny on ads at all. This True is story. very grassroots, organically uh, grown through the word of mouth of our Are listeners. We USDA certified organic, Frank. No, we're horror fanatic certified. Oh, okay. Our okay. horror fanatics rule. So they do again. They do, thank they do. you so much because we uh, wouldn't be in that space without you. Correct. A shout out to a listener, your friend Diane, who okay. did the heavy lifting research. I love our fanatics, and realized that someone Diana Klein? or Diana, yeah, yeah. was. Name Slab from Slab Bacon. I'm bringing Slab Bacon back because it has to come back. If you don't know what Slab Bacon is, I suggest you listen to which episode was that? The Axe the Murder? Axe yep, Melissa Axe Murder House. I'm not going to go into the details of Slab Bacon, but no. there was some people that have the first name Slab. Well done, Diana. Thank you so much. 
See, I told you. I told you when you commented. Don't listen to See her. See what you did? It's that type of enthusiasm that gets this podcast <laughs> going places, babe. So, yes, wonderful set of news with Slab Bacon. Great set of news with is Feed it, Spot. Is it though? If you want to look at the uh, the list of the top 80 horror podcasts, you can go to our Facebook group. There's a, a, a post there on it. You can also go to blog.feedspot.com slash horror underscore podcasts. Horror. Horror. Yes. And you can view the entire list of 80, which uh, Correct. we were just, again, we can't be any happier to be in the company of those podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts there that have been going on for five years or more and here that we are, are very well established and we're just proud to be podcast that could just we're just chugging along we're just proud to be amongst the list of all those great podcasts because they really really are good i suggest you check the list out we'll have it in the show notes yep uh the link and and again you know we're not trying to hog you all to ourselves we'd like you to stay with us but <laughs> But definitely, there's a, a great list of podcasts there, and they should be checked out. It's a it's an awesome community that uh, I think we should all share. And support. And support each other. So now, episode 42, Malice Maleficarum. Yes. And uh, basically, Malice Maleficarum was a, uh, a book published first in 1486, and it basically became the standard medieval text on witchcraft, and it ma- it remained in print throughout the early modern period. It was a couple hundred years it where was, it was toted around. Um, written by Heinrich Kramer and James Sprenger, and there were 14 editions printed between 1487 and 1520, and at least 16 versions between 1574 and 1669. And issues were printed from the leading German, French, and Italian presses. It's a dark time in history, this book. Basically overall. It's not great. No, no. But it also, I'd like to kick it off with just basically the fact that Malus Maleficarum is not of its own in the respect that it's amazing what one book can do under the hands of a certain group of people. Yes. And later on in the podcast, I'll list some examples of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And fortunately, there's some examples that are going on currently in our own time or lifespan mm-hmm. that we can actually see how that could transform and, and change things. Do you want to know what my take on it is? Because my very first paragraph in my notes. Yeah. No, we'll keep this loosey-goosey. Is beautiful. Super hard read, wordy, and they take forever to get to a point. But the introductions were probably the best part. Essentially, the introductions break down how rampant the quote-unquote witch craze was throughout time. And honestly, if the wealthy had minded their business and not tried to use witchcraft to try and advance their personal ambitions, there probably wouldn't have been a need for the book at all. So because of a bunch of greedy, selfish assholes, two dudes were given the green light to remove witches from Germany. That was my take. Yeah, no, and that's an easy take to jump on, but unfortunately, it's it's a lot more complex than that. It is, but I mean, if you want to break it down, no, to, but it uh, wasn't just people trying to mull over people in their own gain. You know, it you had a really this was a really weird period of time. I think it should be noted, especially mm-hmm. before we dive into this, yeah, that 
the malice was to remove witchcraft from northern Germany. That's why a lot of the things that show up in the Malus Maleficarum are very much part of German oh, yeah. folklore. Yeah. And and also, I mean, just even like going under the two authors themselves, there's, of course, the uh, the main author. My, I'm going to have to apologize because my notes got all screwed up going back and forth through here. So mm-hmm. a lot of this is going to be me recalling things. And then other parts are going to be just stuff that I have written down. You want down. me to just but, fly then? But Heinrich Kramer was basically the sole author of this Well, whole thing. it's funny because and, where, what I was reading, they said they couldn't, they couldn't really say who wrote which part or who was responsible for which part that it was indeed a collaboration. No, it was a collaboration, but it was mostly driven by him. And the the fact that I wanted to pull up is the other author that they speak of was it Springer. Springer. They put him as an off author and they actually put him in writing as co-author 33 years after he died. Okay, this is where I say it's a weird period of time. And yeah. and here's the thing, you could go over this topic and it's not to throw shame or disrespect on anybody. Right. There's some topics that we bring up on here that you could do some light reading and get fairly informed and and carry your weight around with some facts. Right, yes. I'm going to pre-warn people that start diving down this path on their own. You've got to do a ton of reading. You can't just read the book because the book's crazy. Yeah. You can't just read Wikipedia because Wikipedia, actually the wiki on Malice Malficarum is pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I read through the whole whole bit of it because it's one of the longer wikis yeah. of, a, of a topic. I went and, to um, mountholyoke.org, mm-hmm. but essentially the bulk of my information I got right from, excuse me, the book. Mm-hmm. And in the introduction, no. they note that the malice lay on the bench of every judge, on the desk of every magistrate, and it was the ultimate, irrefutable, unarguable authority. That's the, but again, but again, that's the intro of the book. You got to realize that that book is salesmanship. It is. So it's not all true. 1484 to 1669. So did they check the judge's table? Every single one? Did they? Yeah, but did they check every judge's table? Just think about how stupid that statement is, just general. You think this guy went around and checked every single judge's table and said, oh, yeah, no, there it is. There it is. No, it's, this gets into the whole the whole bit of it where it just it becomes gray. It mm-hmm. becomes really gray. I'm not defending the book by any means. The book is shit. It's trash. Mm-hmm. But reading that point in history, you can see why it all happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean the why is easy in this regard. The only uh source I want to bring up which brought this book up, but it was more of just the witches and the the trials and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, believe it or not, was catholiceducation.org. And it was a, uh, it's under like controversy and common misconceptions. And it's basically titled Who Burned the Witches by Sandra uh, Measle or Meisel. Mm-hmm. And excellent article, excellent article on it. Uh, she doesn't by any means defend the church. 
Right. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, she comes right out and says, look, you know, even Catholics have to come to terms that this was really a, a bad time. It was. It was it a was. bad time. It was the all the way around. issued by Pope Innocent VIII on December 9th, 1484, where he's lamenting the power and prevalence of witches, where he actually delegates Kramer and Springer as the inquisitors tasked with removing the witches from throughout northern Germany. But even that, again, just that, like I said, <clears throat> this isn't light reading of history. No. You actually have to read about yes. the Pope. At yep. that time, because the Pope at that time, everybody says in history, was weak, mm-hmm. very weak, and let yep. everybody mull all over him mm-hmm. and and pushed him into certain areas. And and so that's where the credit, it seems that all the credit this book has is from Kramer, hmm. the author. You start going into sub outlets. You know, we're going to dive deep into the book really soon in, in, in a matter of a minute. Mm-hmm. But just to put it out from a historical perspective and you read sources and right. and this is even sources of the church itself um, and like top theologians of the Inquisition right. and things like that. They condemn the book as recommending unethical and illegal, uh, illegal procedures and also saying that it's inconsistent with Catholic doctrines of mm-hmm. demonology. It seems that all the factual stuff that this book surrounds comes from Heinrich Kramer. Right. It and starts with him. It really and then, truly is just the German folklore. Like they literally wrote down all of the German folklore and they're like, okay, so how do we get yeah, rid of these they, witches? And they cherry pick stuff from Aristotle. <clears throat> they cherry oh pick God. stuff from, put, you know. <laughs> this no, book well, is essentially these two dudes ripping off every single author who remotely ever mentioned witchcraft, women, demons, or devils, because they literally they're referencing Aristotle, they're referencing saints. Yeah, and, and they cher- but they cherry pick. They it. sure did. And like I said, even just to so people get an understanding of it. Yeah. The co-author was publicized as co-author thirty three years after he died. So where was he in the in the beginning of all this stuff? Not mentioned a bit. So that's where I think all this falls on Kramer. Okay. So go run him with it and. I'll splish splash here and there, but. Well, I'm just going to start off by saying you don't have to get very far into this book to realize Mm. uh, not a fan of women. Um, No, no, no. (laughs) And it's funny because a lot of. You ladies and your lady brains. Oh, my God. And, you know, the part that was the hardest part for me is, you know, they're, they're going off on a tangent on women. But every now and again, they throw in something and you're like. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do do that. Which makes all of the horrible, crazy, worse stuff, you're like, yeah, but I don't know. They really do do this other thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that so later. So, yeah. that, that was fun. It's a hard read. It really is. It's it's old, it's old thinking. I'll just put it for what it is. It's old thinking. It is. It's old ideas. It's old... But I think it's recommended reading because people need to realize what the hell it was like in the late 1400s and early they in the do. 1500s. They do. When people it was sit a around very and they say that. time. When people sit there and say things haven't changed much. Bull. Bullshit. Yeah. They've changed a ton. Because I wasn't far into this book and I, and I was like, I'd already be done. 
I would already well, be a witch. And the unfortunate <laughs> part that this book played into was the printing press inve- was invented at the same time. Right, yeah. And so, you know, as books started to crank out, this thing just spread like wildfire. So yeah. it spread this idea on a wider audience than normal. Right. Correct. I think if the printing press was going on, I don't was, think this book would have. If it wasn't going if on. If it wasn't going on. Yeah. I don't think this book would have got like much traction. Like if the traction. printing press wasn't a thing. Yeah. I just don't think this would have got They would have been like, all right, Heinrich, cool cool book you got there, dude. Yeah. Well, and. and Whatever, man. And like I said, you had a lot of <laughs> top theologians that were condemning it at the time. Yeah. There was a lot of people, like when he was pushing this idea, the reason he went to the Pope is because everyone else thought he was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. That's actually historical fact. Mm-hmm. That's history. Historians have traced that back where this guy was trying to drum up support for the book. Mm -hmm. And they were all the Catholic leaders were just like, no, 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 no. I'm not putting my name next to that. We're good. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. And then he made this push. in. I don't know if you know this, but we have a book. It's called the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but here's a a neat thing that people need to understand or or have a just a I hate saying that because it makes me try to tell you what you're thinking but but the fact is is this just shows that witchcraft has been around forever it's not a new idea it's not a new fad it's not a new thing no back in the bible they they yeah. called it witchcraft yes. like when we did witches yeah the name witch wasn't really pumped around much witchcraft was yes but not witches Correct. and so witchcraft and it's not just christianity no it's every religion they, has a form of a witch that uses witchcraft, even pagans. They equate soothsaying or divination, fortune telling. They include all of that yeah, under a, the umbrella. They have of a broader witchcraft. scope of it, but even like pagans have witchcraft, you know. So witchcraft itself is not a foreign idea. Mm-mm. But the cases before this book came out were not many. No. Just on occasion, there yes. would be this bit. And so I know we got kind of caught in the beginning of it, but what this ba- this book basically became was the handbook. Correct. To yes. identify a witch. Yes. To determine if a witch is a witch. Yes. And also issue, for the first time, instructions how to issue punishment. Correct. Also, how to interrogate. Correct. Yeah. The book is broken out into three parts, and then each part is just a series of questions that they answer, mm-hmm. which kind of like that format just made it really. Yeah. And basically there was yeah. three elements that were necessary for witchcraft that the book asserted. And that was the evil intentions of the witch, the help of the devil and the permission of God. Yes. And it's like I said, it just became a handbook. And according to them, witches sign or make a contract with the devil in order to perform their deeds. Witches are mostly women, as they are the weaker sex and more easily swayed to contract with the devil. Witches also copulate with incubi and succubi, and holy shit, their belief on how demons or devils are able to get and carry semen from one man to impregnate the witch. And that's where, again, (laughs) no, and again, this is where the they thing, it's Kramer. Kramer. This is all Kramer. Like the they is Kramer. Yeah. And I, full disclosure, I had to jump over a lot of this because I was like, I, I knew, can't. 
So even. I was ahead of you reading the book, and I remember turning. I was like, "Babe, when you get to this section, like question five, <laughs> he, he's like, you're going to throw, throw the, the book. book against the wall and burn it." Uh, but I give you props; and she went the, through it. The second part is where they break out the methods by which mm-hmm. um, the works of witchcraft are wrought, directed, and how they can be successfully annulled and dissolved. Yep. So according to the authors, there are three classes of men who are immune to witchcraft. Those who administer justice against them, or any public official that prosecutes and administers justice to mm-hmm. said witches. The second are those consecrated by the church to exercise demons, bless and administer holy water, take blessed salt, or carry blessed candles. And the third and final class are those blessed by holy angels. They quote actual, quote unquote, cases to support their claims. And these uh, cases are witches that gave them the information under torture, essentially. Yeah. And there are words when ascribed to the body can protect someone from the power of witches. So writing the following in four places in the form of a cross, Jesus, Nazarenus, Rex, and Judeorum will protect people, places, and animals from a witch's curse curse or spell. So, I mean, honestly, I think they could have just stopped right there. They're like, this is all you need to do, right? These these four words in the shape of a cross, and boom, God's your, Bob's your uncle. You've protected everything. Yeah. People, places, and animals from witches and their spells. Yeah. And then they spend a great deal of time noting how if you pray to angels to be released from temptation or the lust of women, that you can be turned into a eunuch or. An angel will come down and remove that urge from you so that the devil and the witch's temptation all of a sudden has no effect on you. And then they list 18 ways those who are not protected, as named above, are afflicted by witches. And holy shit, buckle up. One, the initiation of witches and how they entice innocent girls to swell their numbers. How witches profess their sacrilege and the oath of allegiance to the devil is number two. Mm. Um, Three, how they are transported from place to place, either bodily or in spirit. Talking to you, astral projection. (laughs) Four, how they subject themselves to incubi, who are devils. Five, their general practice of witchcraft through the sacraments of the church, in particular particularly how they can afflict creatures with the permission of God. So throughout their whole thing, they're saying none of this can happen if God doesn't give permission for it to happen. Yeah. So, okay. Six, their method of obstructing generative function. Seven, how they take off the virile member uh, through the art of illusion. Eight, how they change men into shapes of beasts. Nine, how devils enter the mind without hurting it with the work of glamour or illusion. Ten, how devils through the operation of witches, and sometimes they can substantially inhabit men. Uh, Eleven, how they cause every sort of infirmity. Twelve, then they go into, they list certain infirmities in particular, and they spend a lot of time about how witches prevent men and women from being able to have children, 
But at the same time, they're having sex with devils who have the semen Invaded from the a semen. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, whatever, Well, this man. is the toughest part of the book is he runs around in circles. He really does. 13, and this was the... This is this is the one that that yeah. hurts me the most. How midwives kill or sacrilegiously offer infants to the devils because you know that was such a huge thing. 14 how they cause plagues to afflict animals. I'm sorry. All right. 15 how they raise hailstorms, tempests, thunder and lightning to fall upon men and animals. And then 16, 17 and 18 are the three ways in which men only and not women are addicted to witchcraft. So then they go through this big, long explanation about how witchcraft is not taught in books, nor is it practiced by the learned, and it's mostly by the uneducated. And Mm -hmm. as soon as they make that contract with the devil, they just know all of it. Like all of a sudden, you just know. Okay, so this is what I I do now. Uh, there are three methods by which devils, through the agency of witches, subvert the innocent. The first is through weariness. Mm-hmm. So, like, they've just been at you, at you. And finally, you're just like, fine, whatever. Poking at you, poking at yeah. you, poking at you. What do you want me to sign? I'll sign it. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. second is through carnal desire. So, it's like, yoo-hoo, oh, it's the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then the third is temptation through sadness and poverty. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. So I bet you didn't know this, but witches make a formal pact with a devil, and it varies according to the several practices to which the witches are addicted. So there's three types of witches, those who injure but cannot cure, Mm -hmm. those who cure but cannot injure. Yeah. And those who both injure and cure, cue the midwife eating babies. Yeah. The most powerful and abhorrent are the witches who eat and devour children, as stated above. Mm -hmm. Again, they reference cases where witches confess the ways in which this happened. And it should again be noted that the quote unquote questioning is torture. And even if... You tell them, no, I didn't do any of this. They don't believe you. And they're like, oh, she's a witch. Yeah. So the way they take their oath is they profess, they can profess to him in a solemn ceremony, him being the devil, Mm -hmm. like a solemn vow. The other is in a, is in private and at any hour alone. The first, the first part, the solemn vow is when witches meet in a conclave on set dates the devil appears to them in the body of an assumed body of a man, yeah. and he urges them to keep faith with him, promising worldly prosperity, length of life. They recommend a novice for his acceptance. That novice must then abjure the faith, forsake the holy Christian religion, and the ver- the worship of the Virgin Mary, whom they call the most anomalous woman. Um, I've read a lot of books on witchcraft. None of this is in there, but I'm going to keep going. And never venerate the sacraments. If the novice is deemed acceptable and their oath is deemed acceptable to the devil, he stretches out his hand to keep the covenant, and then the devil then demands homage to himself, 
And then the witch must give herself to him, body and soul, and she must endeavor to bring uh, more to his power forever and ever. It's such a formal arrangement. Yeah, you, you know, know, it really it's a is. real formal arrangement. And you know, the fun part is in all of the books I've read, I mean, unless you go into um, dark magic yeah. and Satanism, there is no devil, there is no Satan, there is no pact, like none of this is is part of it. Well, no, because dark art stuff, that's formal too. It is. It's that it is. long list of recipes. Like I always make that joke, like, you know, like with Christianity, basically it's all you have is this relationship with God at the end of things. There's certain branches of yeah. the religion that are yeah. very technical, others not, but they all have that you have this relationship with this high authority yes. that's just a spirit and you can communicate with that spirit any way you want. Correct. Yes. You can have a nice polite conversation or you can have your fragmented conversation. And if you need help, you ask for help. There's right. no recipe. Where the dark art side. Oh, there is a recipe. There's the recipe. Like, you and if you have don't this. do and it if right. You don't, if you just miss one, oh, you screwed up, man. Exactly. You screwed up. Exactly. You know, you're yes. not getting fame now. You're losing, you know. You're losing everything. You're losing your penis. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly. that's uh, or a booby, you know, <laughs> just one. Yeah, just the one. Yeah, the other one reminds you how stupid you are. You and know, then the. Third with part, your lady brain. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe I was actually able to read See, the book with my lady with brain. With due respect, I was amazed that you could read this book on your own and decipher it. Because you know, know. the content's I, just so up it's there. It's so high level. Yeah, it's so high and level. And I'm, like, you know. so uneducated. No. And my lady and my lady hands to hold the book. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't how know how you carry the weight the I, whole time and were able to turn each page correctly. I, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, it's just lucky, I guess. Just got a strong woman, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. At this time, you know, there's... I, I get it. No, no. And I mean, it's like I said, you really, it's... Basically, between like 1487 and 1520, it's basically 40 years. Yeah. 20 editions were published. Mm -hmm. And then there was another 16 between like 1574 yeah. and 1669. Right. And again, the printing press puts this through and it's it's just puts it, it everywhere, man. You know, it just instigates this fervor of witch hunting. Everybody, you know, when you read something, it's like, oh, it's in home. It's at home now. Because yeah. I'm reading it. Yep. It's kind of yeah. like the news where like there's that missing person in Florida and you live in Alaska. Yeah. But they make it feel right at home like it could happen in your neighborhood, even though we're 4,000 miles away. Right. You know, they have that ability. <laughs> That's kind of a poor example because honestly, I think there's more people who go missing in Alaska, in Alaska. than in Florida. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. it's just a story of it, you yeah. know. And they'll make it like, oh, at your kid's bus stop. It's like, my kid doesn't even have a fucking bus stop. We live out in, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, but it but very much makes sense, though, if you remember, like, the Grimm's fairy tales. Like, mm -hmm. Hansel and Gretel. The yeah. the evil, the witch yeah. in her gingerbread house luring the well, children let's be in honest so here. that she could eat them. So, the late 15th century was also a period of massive religious turmoil. Yes. And... Basically, you had the uh, the Malus Malficarum and this witch craze 
that just took advantage of the increasing intolerance of the Reformation period Mm -hmm. and counter-Reformation in Europe. And this is basically where the Protestant and Catholic camps, respectively, were just pitting each other against Mm -hmm. one another. And they just were trying to strive to maintain what they each deemed to be the purity of faith. Right, yes. So instead of having football teams... Yeah. And instead of having soccer teams and yeah. all these types of sports. We're holier than you are. Yeah. No, but people, <laughs> again, people got to put this in perspective. Yeah. You know, you didn't have these these sports uh, on a national level where mm-hmm. people could pit this type of behavior on. Right. Because people naturally had this behavior. Mm-hmm. It's just ingrained in your DNA. It's right. in your genes. And it's there for a reason, for survival mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But when you're not in a really kind of survival situation, you've got to expire this now. You've got to use this idea up on different things. Right. So that's where sports is healthy. Yeah. To say my team sucks or your team sucks. Mine doesn't. Right. My team's the best. My team's going to kick you. And it's harmless. It's harmless because it's football. Right. That's why I think football getting into or sports getting into politics now is a bad idea. Because yeah. sports was where people could put that energy Right, it's into an outlet. It. And it meant nothing. Correct. It meant your football team sucked and the other person's was better. And there was a whole bunch of people who didn't fucking care because it wasn't their team. Right, yeah. I mean, I used to find it amazing when I go and watch pro sports in the stadium. And people, strangers, would get in fights with each other. Oh, yeah. Over somebody wearing a jersey. Just For a the other- jersey. Yeah, for another team. Another team. Yeah. That team might not even be playing there. Yeah. And just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You're wearing that. Yeah. Now the thing How is How dare you? Yeah. How dare you wear that here? Exactly. And and the sports bit of it, it's fine because it just it starts at that and yeah. it ends at that. It doesn't yes. go to anything else. No. Where sports now mixing in with politics, now it's messy. Yeah. Because now you're not just saying, well, you're not upset with this team because of this, you're upset at this team because of their political affiliation. And then that runs into a whole rampant of things. Because if you think like this, then this is what you think about schools. And this is what you think about old people and babies and blah, blah, blah. There you are, eating babies again. There you are. You know, and and that's the thing is this 15th century, that's all they had. Religion was their sports team. Yeah. This is the analogy I'm trying to make with it. Is you were either on the Protestant side or you were on the Catholic side. And if you weren't on any of those sides, you were fucking terrible. Yeah. You were a yeah, terrible you were. person. You were a witch. You know, well, at this point, yeah, yeah it's possible. It's plausible. Mm-hmm. Again, none of us are from there, so we'll never know. No, but, but essentially the the people that were most mm-hmm. commonly accused of being a witch were the oddballs. You know, the person on the fringe of society, for the most part, when they first started, yeah. they went after... The the people no, that, I think what that you they're got like, is just, eh. I think you just got to create. It's amazing what happens when a crazy group of people get together and yeah. just start running the show. Yes. And that's really kind of what you got here. I mean, as far as this Catholic versus Protestant bit, the Catholic counter-reformation would eventually even out this turmoil. Mm-hmm. They would even it out. But until then, both Catholics and Protestants constantly battled for what they believed was right. And Kramer's purpose in writing the book was to explain his views on witchcraft Mm -hmm. and systematically refute arguments claiming that 
witchcraft did not exist. Right. That was really kind of his main intent in the yeah. book to basically systematically with these rules and yeah. these questions, you know, the books in a format of questions and answers. Correct. It's, it's a terrible read because the question goes on for two pages and then the answer goes on to two pages. What's funny is sometimes they tell you it's, it's an answer. Most of the time they don't. So you're like, is this all one freaking long ass question? Like, yeah. what the hell, dude? No, and that's the thing is, you know, again, <laughs> saving you, if you don't read it, save you the trouble on it. The answer will, they'll have an answer. These are the forms of each question and answer. This is what you're going to encounter reading the book. Yeah. Like Jen just said, you're going to read the answer and realize there's no fucking answer here. Right. It was a question backed with another question about the question. Correct. That's one. Yes. Number two, the other option is, is you're going to read it and they're going to have an answer right in like the first couple phrases or, or sentences. And then they're going to go through. The and answer actually, goes on for four more pages. No, it's not. <laughs> the answer goes on for four more pages, but they also, at the end, you're like, you're negating your first answer. Correct. And there's another yes. answer. Yeah. And that answer is an answer to the other answer to the question that's in the question of the question that's in the answer. And it's like, you're a fucking moron. You yeah. Know? So then it doesn't take long to read the book that he's just got a hard on for this idea. He, and, he does. And I told you right from the beginning, as a male perspective, mm -hmm. I saw this instantly. And I'm kind of just those instant judges of character to certain degrees mm -hmm. of things. This guy... Got burned by a woman or women yes. long ago, and he's just never put it to bed. No. And the book reflects that. Oh, yes. And, I mean, just in, empirically. It, it reflects it just so in, in the biggest way. So would you say the malice way. is his love letter to women? Oh, yeah. No, I think this is his love letter to women. Just fuck you. Yeah. The horse you they, rode in on. They go. He goes you know, so far as to be like... Well, you know, they say you're supposed to get married, have children yeah. so that you can carry on. He's like, well, you know, or you can just not do any of that. Yeah. And you can just be happy but every day of your life. Take witches out, take witches out and insert a book you might have read or heard of in your life. Mm -hmm. And this book systematically refutes arguments claiming that insert the topic of your choice did not exist. Right. So he's basically saying that your arguments that you think this idea doesn't exist, this book is here to tell you it does exist. And the book's also main purpose was to discredit those who express skepticism about its reality. Yeah. So if you expressed any skepticism at all, this book is designed to discredit you. Yes. That's what it's designed for. And it would claim that those who practiced this idea were more often women than men. Yep. That still hasn't changed. He goes and, so far as to say that the people who don't believe that that witchcraft is a thing are worse than witches. Mm -hmm. No, that's what I'm getting at. Now, insert that into books yeah. and and surprise, I'll I'll reveal some of those. There's one I'm not going to reveal because I want to keep the show going. Right. And and to convince magistrates to use his recommended procedures for finding and convicting witches. Correct. It's the manual. It is. And this went on for a long time. But this is where you start reading history mm -hmm. and these historians that will go through and account the surrounding part of this book. And basically, the witchcraft movement in Europe, it was pretty short. It, yeah. It was long in general, but, like, what would happen was is it went into each town. It was like and, a bunch of little bursts. And the small towns 
it really kind of showed basically, yeah, the ecosystem of how it worked mm -hmm. in small towns. What would happen is, is they would have a couple trials mm -hmm. and then they realized that it was getting out of control quickly. Right. And then it would just disappear. Mm -hmm. And then the next town would have it. Next town would have it. Right. The big cities is where it became a big problem. A thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it got a lot of movement and it stuck around the longest. Right. Because you could have this eating away, but it's a big city and the city could still function. Right. I, I mean, and, it makes sense. It makes sense that it would last yeah. longer. It would build more momentum because there, there's, it's got a higher population. No, there's, exactly. There's more people that can and will be affected. And there's a ton of rumors around how many people actually died. You know, there's, there's some... Uh, I, there was a woman, I can't remember her name. I think it was Matilda, Matilda Gage or something like that. She had this claim that uh, there was like 9 million women who were born, you know, burned at the stake or that died. Well, and, you know, they should be grateful that they burned them at the stake because they used to, after they tortured them mm -hmm. and got them to confess to witchcraft, they used to just leave them after they tortured them a second time Yeah, for, you know... The animals to eat them, but because most of the witches were women, they burned them. Because, no, but you not know, to make light was... of the numbers or anything, but but I've heard that referenced a few times that there was millions and millions of them. And this is where, um, you know, I read through and it just the numbers didn't add up. You right. can't kill that many people. No. Especially in like small towns and still have the small towns function and Correct. all yes. that stuff. It's just... So now what they're saying, current estimates, historians are wrapping their heads around that are actually sitting down and saying, all right, let's just... Wait, let's actually do the math. Let's do the math. Let's actually pretend <laughs> this happened. Let's just not throw a hypothesis and call it fact, you know. And 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 basically what uh, they're saying is from 1400 to 1800, that 400-year period, mm -hmm. they're saying probably 30,000 to 50,000. I would believe that. And that's a much more palatable number, at least for me. It is. To uh, to accept as fact, so to speak. Right, yes. And then, you know, me, you know, being the, the little nerd that I can be. Be your little nerd self. You know, yeah, I like being my little nerd self. If you had 50,000, that's 10,000 that were men, mm -hmm. basically, mm -hmm. you know, with the 20% that go through there. Mm -hmm. and And that's where the whole bit of this gets a little crazy for lack of a better term because you have this book now it's a handbook yep it gets you it gets you through uh you know it gives you um how to identify it gives you legitimacy yep for your actions mm -hmm. and now that's rolling through now i see where the small towns wouldn't be affected by this because how many of them even knew how to fucking read let's right, just be honest yeah. And that's not an insult of any kind. It's just facts. Right, yeah. Um, so this becomes, again, people that, quote unquote, have knowledge or smarter mm -hmm. are using. Right, I'm yes. going to bring examples of that later in the podcast Should as well. we get into the third part, which relates to uh, the judicial proceedings in both the ecclesiastical and civil yeah. courts against witches? No, definitely. But that's, and indeed all heretic, heretics? Yeah, yeah. So Let's throw some more crazy on this. Because we don't have enough. No. We really don't. No. Um, Stop being fussy. You know, well, again, it's my lady brain, my lady hands. That's right. That's my right. My lady thoughts. Yeah. 
Bear with me. Jeez. In order for a witch to be tried under the diocese ecclesiastical court, the witch must also be guilty of the crime of heresy. So to be rightly judged as a heretic, five conditions must be met. One, an error in reasoning. Two, the error must be in matters concerning faith either contrary to the teachings of the church or against sound morality. Mm -hmm. Three, the error must lie in one who has professed the Catholic faith. Otherwise, he would be a Jew or pagan. Yeah. Four, the error must be in such a nature that they must still confess some of the truth of Christ as touching either his Godhead or manhood. And if he wholly denies the faith, he is an apostate. So it's some, in some way, shape, or form, they still have to kind of believe. Yeah. But in order to make your pact with the devil, you have to not believe in any of it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And five, they must pertinaciously and obstinately hold to and follow that error. And this is the sense of the canon where it speaks of heresy and heretics and is proved as follows, not by way of refuting, but by substantiating the um, the words of the canonists. Mm-hmm. So there's three methods of instituting a process on behalf of the faith against witches. The first is when someone accuses a person before a judge of the crime of heresy or of protecting heretics, which apparently is equally as horrible. He must also prove it and offer to submit to penalty of the talion if he fails to do so. So in other words, he has to prove it. Otherwise, he himself is going to be tried before the judge. Yeah. So the second is when someone denounces a person but does not offer to prove it and is not willing to embroil himself in the matter, but offers the information from the zeal of his faith or because of a sentence of excommunication inflicted by the ordinary or his victor or vicar, or because of the temporal punishment exacted by the secular judge upon those who fail to lay information. So in other words, if you speak out against a witch and you can do it just because you're a true believer or because you're in some trouble with the church. So in order to get yourself out of trouble with the church, you're like, but what about this witch? Yeah. Don't watch what I'm doing over here. See what I have over here. That's man. (laughs) That's been humankind forever. And then the third involves an inquisition. And that is when there is no accuser or informer, but a general report that there are witches in some town or place The judge must proceed, not because of any one party, but because of that's what he's supposed to do. That's part of his office. Yeah. yeah. So judges should not readily admit the first method of procedure as it is not motivated by faith and is apparently not very applicable to witches since their deeds are committed in private. So in other words, this guy is saying witches do their deeds in private So there are no witnesses. Mm -hmm. And then they go into great length as to, okay, these are your witnesses and these are the witnesses that you call. Mm Okay. But again, it's me. It's my lady brain. So (laughs) why am I questioning it? Well, but this just shows you the mess that all this gets into. The problem with the book 
on, on this regard is that it fails to discuss the actual pact that witches make with the devil. It, it fails to acknowledge, like, to... You just got to do this. Right? No, exactly. You just got to hold his hand. Yeah. And you just got to say, hey, dude, but, I'm here for you. But this is where the whole <laughs> spectral evidence idea was born of. Yeah. Was this book here. Yeah. Because you notice during the whole entire book, there's no word of spectral evidence because it's not a it's term It's not yet. a thing. Yeah, no. But this is the birthplace of it. Yes. This is the birthplace where you have all these vague ideas, yep. these vague assumptions, these vague conclusions right. that can be considered what we now know as spectral evidence. Right. And yes. and that's, again, where one book can just kind of put this ripple of change through things. Because so, the demonologists who were basically taking in this Malice Malficarum book, mm-hmm. and these were highly cultured people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Protestant, uh, Jean or Jean Baudin, who's considered the Aristotle of the 16th century. Mm-hmm. And his contemporary, the Jesuit classic uh, classicist Martin Del Rio, those theoreticians pounded home the principle of the Crimean acceptum, which, you know, because witchcraft was so vile an offense, accused witches had no legal rights. Right. Not one witch in a million would be accused or punished Bowden boasted if the procedure were governed by ordinary rules mm-hmm. and anyone who defended accused witches or denied their crimes deserved the same punishment as witches. Correct. Now this isn't just a book. These are people reading the book that are in these high levels now that yeah. are running with this. Yep. You got socially elite prosecutors, demonologists and judges yep. who are relentlessly, they were hunting witches before this even happened. Right, yeah. And then the zeal of modern revolutionaries pursuing a political utopia. Now you're coming with this idea of imagine a right. world without witches. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you know. And and now this, you know, no cost is too great. Witch hunting serves the greater good of Christendom in their view. Right. So now it's a, a question of purity, which gets yes. back to the football analogy I'm using where, you know, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a group of five Christians sitting there, and one of them doesn't believe in all this stuff, but the other, you know, say there's two that are really into it mm-hmm. out of five. Yeah. Into the idea. You're going to have another one in that group of five that's, all right, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to follow the train here. Right. I'm not going to speak, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stir I'm not going to say one thing I'm, or yeah. another. And then you've got a possible two others that are against it. Yeah. And you might have one that's against it, but it'll be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to keep the piece of the the group, blah, blah, blah. And then you have the one that's vehemently against it. Yes. And that's just multiply that factor of five into a larger group of Mm -hmm. people. And that's what you get on this. And, you know, they believe that witchcraft inverted society's key values, disturbed godly order, challenged the divine right of kings. Yes. You know, this is where, you know, a king, if he doesn't follow this, then they're not divine. This is where separation of church and state are huge, correct, massive. Because if you take out that statement of mm-hmm. separation of church and state, this is what you get. And during this time period, this is when people were leaving Europe. Two yes. types. Two types were leaving Europe and going over to the New World. The one that said, fuck this. This is crazy. Right, yes. And I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to get me over there to get out of this because this is insane. Yeah. We'll make our own way. But then you've got the other group on the other side 
Because mm-hmm. as this started to tame down with the Reformation period, you know, the counter-Reformation, mm-hmm. you had all these extremists left over. Yes. And they needed a place to go to because their religion's no good, their idea's no good anymore. Right. And they went over to the new country too. Right. And And that's where future podcasts we're going to get into right. that type of, uh, you know, that type of cause and effect. But to them, basically this is a, you know, it was thought that witch hunting saves souls, averted the wrath of God and, you know, purge society of evil as end times loomed mm-hmm. in their mind. Yeah. And then you've got the commoners in small towns by contrast, contrast, they just simply wanted relief from evil doers of folklore who they believed were harming them. Right. And that could be these old stories or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it not only harming them, but their children, their cattle and their crops. And it was grassroots complaints that started most witch hunts. Right. The chatty Cathy's, the fucking, yeah. the gossiping dudes around the water cooler, so to speak, you know, yeah. that just, you know, uh, that's something out and there's something not right about them. Like you were talking earlier, right. you know, yeah. and then if authorities were too slow to act, these people were capable of lynching suspected neighbors. Yeah, they would just they take would the take law it, in their, in, in their, their own, own hands. hands. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it was pretty diabolical, the book in that way and not on purpose, but, but, you know, now, like I said, it gives everybody this, uh, this validation mm-hmm. that they now know what witches do and how to de- detect them. Right. You know, where you had this period of time before the book where it was just, well, that person's a witch. You know, why? Right. Well, because I saw it or blah, blah, blah. And it could be a bullshit reason, any reason. Yeah. You know, where the book now was saying, you know, it's legitimacy. Again, Mm -hmm. you know, it brings this in. And that's where books can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. Not all books are great. No. I think they're great in the fact that you can look back now and see this book mm-hmm. hundreds of years later. Right. And you can say, wow, a lot has changed since then. Yes. And that's where if I had to sit there and say, you know, if you had a choice of this book existing or not, I choose for it to exist. Yeah. Because if it didn't exist, you wouldn't know about it. Right. And you, you wouldn't, wouldn't have the ability that- to measure that time versus the time you're in. Right. And notice the change. And that's where ultimately I do agree in that camp that all books are useful, right? but yes. not all books are good. Correct. And I think that's something that a lot of elitist uh, educational types um, and just quote unquote knowledgeable types need to understand. Right. A yes. basic concept with books is that every book is useful. Every single one. Right. But, just maybe not in the way it was originally But not all intended. books are good. Yeah. so the process for trying your witch starts with a general citation affixed to the walls of the parish church Mm -hmm. and or the town hall they spend a great deal of time with regard to witnesses how many there should be if they should be re-examined their quality and if they are an enemy of the accused should they be allowed which actually Mm -hmm. seems pretty legit yeah it does but That's as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah. Because for trial, witnesses are to be examined in the presence of four other persons, and the accused is to be questioned in two ways. 
The first involves asking a bunch of stupid questions like, where were you born? Have you moved? Yeah. If they've ever heard talk of witches, if they believe in witches. And then the second part is asked by a judge without delay after this first set of questions. Yeah. Why do the common folk fear you? Mm-hmm. And whether they know uh, they are defamed and hated and why they threatened such a person. And then when harm, um, then what harm to that person, you know, what did that person do to them to warrant this, that they should use their words to threaten them with injury. And if it is only a womanish coral, it's not an impediment. Yeah. So they kind of take that into consideration, but if the accused answers the questions in the negative, the judge has three points to consider. The bad reputation, evidence of the, and they say fact, but I'm going to say quote unquote fact, and then the words of the witnesses. Because it could come down to just somebody saying, she didn't say excuse me when we were walking down the the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, different time. Yeah. And then... They have to decide if the accused is to be reputed, which is not as strongly or gravely under suspicion, if they have manifested the witchcraft, have the witnesses that have been provided, were they suitable, and given the evidence of the enmity, if they're six, eight, or ten who all agree under oath, then at that point under canon law she is to be punished whether she has confessed or not. Yeah. And at this point, she is kept in custody, a.k.a. prison, and when they are convicted, they lose all of their possessions, Everything. including their personal property, yeah. which at the end of the day, I think that plays a lot into this. Because oh, if yeah. you've got neighbors who have a beef with each other, oh, yeah. like a neighbor wants to buy a plot of land off yeah. his... Neighbor to the east, and that neighbor's like, no, I, I use that. Like, that's where I feed my cattle. And dude on the west is like, yeah, but I want that piece. Mm-hmm. He's, he'll just be like, they betwixt my cattle with witchcraft. Yeah. And you can't, and even if you're like, no, I didn't say that. I didn't do Again, any this of was, that. This was kind of the written birthplace of spectral evidence. Yeah. It really was. When I was reading it, I just over and over again, I was like, that's spectral evidence. That's spectral evidence. Now that that person is accused as a witch, they lose all their possessions. Guess who has the opportunity to buy the plot of land that he wanted all along? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely a factor. Not Mm -hmm. the sole reason. No. Like I said, you put all this together and and you you get this arrangement. Yeah, Yeah, you get this. But it also, like I said, I I think this type of, these books, they're tough to read. They're really hard to wrap your head around at times. And the reason it is, is because so much time has taken place right. that you're 100% removed from that kind of life. I mean, like when you were talking right. about whether someone addressed them in public, yeah, people don't realize how proper everything was then. Correct. Everything was proper. It was so proper that battling armies would line up and play a song to announce their arrival. Correct. They'd line in formation in full dress garb. We are coming to fight you. Yeah, and they would stand at 
at a couple hundred yep. yards from each other. You know, that's where I had to laugh when I was looking at uh, uh, battle maps from the Revolutionary War and 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 those types of bit. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Oh, no. The amazing <laughs> part was is the enemy camps were only like at the most a mile away from each other. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, why don't you just go over there at night? Well, that's not very sporting, lad. You know, I mean, that's that's not being a gentleman. You know, that's how that's yeah. how proper everything yeah. was. And and you take someone today, any age. Yep. I don't care if they're eighty. I don't care if they're two or twenty-two or sixteen. They have no idea the level of properness. Right. That like was if done. You then. didn't make the proper eye contact. Eye if contact. You didn't say the proper if you didn't words say good in the proper morning, order. In the proper order mm-hmm. and all that. You were. Yeah. You were the filth of filth. Correct. And you didn't deserve anything. Correct. And uh, and again, this just shows how much has changed in really not that long period of time. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest here, folks. This is 500, 600 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it seems like a lot, but it's basically four or five generations of people. Shit, there are people who don't yeah. even acknowledge the person next to them. Like they oh, yeah. don't even say hello. No, or they I mean, don't like, even say. I'll walk. I'll walk good down. Afternoon. I'll yeah. be in a store. You know, whether it's like Target, Walmart, pick one. You right. know, just anything. And I'll walk by someone, and they look right in your eyes, and you're like, "Hey, how you doing?" And they just keep on Nothing. walking. You know, yep. just keep on walking. Ghost. Yeah, I mean, if you don't even look at me, that's one thing I know. At mm-hmm. this point. But the fact is, is that person wouldn't be able to even exist in that time period. Then. Correct. Exist, period. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, yeah. Frank. No, either it'd be a witch or they would yeah. just find a reason yeah. to not deal with that type of behavior. Yep. And that's a majority rules thing. And this is where you get this collision of ideas that wad up into a massive rubber band ball where you have the properness Mm-hmm. The purity of faith, yep. the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. and the lack of knowledge just in general mm-hmm. of unknown. So now unknown is larger than what you know right? on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. And, and you wad all of this up. To me, this whole situation here is, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. This is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, this is happening. And that's where, like, this one historian that I read, like, the book didn't really bring on no new witch trials or like no new witch activity. It was already there. Correct. Yeah. The only thing it did was just spread the idea. It, like I said, it granted it legitimacy. Mm-hmm. That's all it did. It was already there. Yeah. And that's where I think people that have an ax to grind with witch and witchcraft and stuff like that. It's been going on forever. Yeah. I was even reading some uh, historian where they were talking uh, now with like uh, like cave drawings. Mm-hmm. And easily in Egypt, you see it mm-hmm. where they talk about these beings that are of like a witchcraft ideology mm-hmm. and they're just not to be trusted. Yeah. And, and it's all back through then when people just couldn't even really communicate adequately with right. each other, but just yeah. doing drawings and, and Egypt had it as well. And Egypt was way back and it hasn't changed today. You know, as we, I, do you have more stuff or? No. You know, to wrap it up, the books I was talking about is Dianetics. Yeah. yeah. You read this and you read in Dianetics. Yeah. And, and essentially. And I mean, this is where I could say, like, in your lifetime or near your lifetime, you can actually grab this and hold it. 
mm-hmm. it's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's right all around you. Now, what killed, you know, for those who don't know what Dianetics is, that's L. Ron Hubbard's book. Mm-hmm. He wrote a ton of books. He's authored more books than pretty much any author of these shitty sci-fi yeah, type yeah. books. They were terrible. If you don't know who he is, trust me, it's not your problem. No. He stinks. But he wrote this one book, yeah, Dianetics. And in his mind, it was to cure people from psych uh, everything no from psychology was the beginning thing he wanted to invent a new psychology that was the point of the book it was a new psychology and it was to cure you of anything and everything yes it'll get rid of cancer it'll get rid of you know anything he submitted the the but he submitted it to and this is parallels with this yep with this book, this is why I bring it up. He submitted it to all the knowledgeable people because he wanted to be included in the group. Right. And he of, sent it to all the all, psychologists. All the psycho- leading psychologists and, and leading minds. he's like, here it is. Yeah. I've solved it for you. And, and they're, they're like, all like, this is no, shit. We're, we're good. No, they we're just good. fully mocked it. They were like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. This is un- This is insane. And therefore, Scientology. and he created Scientology. Mm-hmm. And this is where people have to understand this. It wasn't poor people that made Scientology popular. No. It was rich people. Yes. So-called elite gifted minds. Yes. It was it, during the 80s mm-hmm. with Dianetics. It was scientists. It yes. was college grads. Yep. It was all these well-read people, quote unquote. I remember. That endorsed. Scientology sitting at the kitchen table at my grandmother's and in between commercial breaks during the soap operas were the mm-hmm. Dianetics commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're had the volcano yeah. erupting yes. and all that. Yeah. 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 No, it was all over TV. Yep. It was everywhere. And it was the quote unquote, well-read minds mm-hmm. that were pushing it. Mm-hmm. And they would go out and push people to come into the, the, um, the talks and yeah. the conferences take of it, the, uh, personality and take tests. the personality tests and stuff. And if you don't know what Scientology is, I'm just going to point you to two main direct sources. Go over and if you can watch Going Clear, watch yep. that because that's what started the yes. revelation of what Scientology really is. Yep. We should do an episode on it. Then and the aftermath, and then the aftermath with Leah Remini and what's his name, uh, Mike Render, Mike Render. And that's on Hulu still, I think. It is. And I uh, and they have a podcast out as well. They do. Which uh, honestly, Scientology the Fair Game podcast. Yeah, it's called uh, Scientology Fair Game. I highly recommend that podcast. I do too. If you've never heard of Scientology, definitely listen to it. But I also think even if you're aware of Scientology, listen to it because they really go deep into the fair game policy. They do. They go way in deep on how things started, yes. where they got, yes. how they got their money, yes. why they needed their money yes. and all of that. Yep. And basically. They did a deep dive on the bridge. Like they went deep. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They do all this. And the reason I recommend it is because you're going to see a lot of ideas around you that operate on that same principle. Well, uh, the dude from Nexium. Yeah, he used Scientology oh, yeah. as a roadmap no, there's for his groups, Nexium. There's uh, this is a cryptic statement. I'm yeah. saying there's things going on today that follow the same recipe. Yep. So if you don't know how the ending of your thing's gonna go, watch this because you can just see how the <laughs> yes, ending goes. Exactly. And it's yeah. the same thing with Malice Maleficarum. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. You've got well-read quote-unquote people yep. that push behind an idea, 
push their agenda through it, and and they use this as a a form of legitimacy, right? Which is the same thing with Dianetics. All those sold copies and all that stuff. Here's the thing, and this has changed a bit with the internet, but before the internet blew up, for you to be legitimate, you just needed to write and publish a book. Yes. On anything. Yep. And it still stands today, but mm-hmm. the fact is, is it's easy to publish a book. Right. You yeah. and I right now could write a book on how gerbils are gods mm-hmm. and we could publish it on Amazon. Without really any kind of problem, get it on there. Mm-hmm. Where before you had only like, what was it, four or five publishers? Yeah, you I had think, to submit like to them. And you had and to submit to all of them. They had to agree to it. They had and to then agree they had to, to it. publish it. And I mean, I get it because they're the ones fronting all the money to get it printed and out right, and all yeah. that. I mean, I I get why that system and that ecology was there. Mm-hmm. That ecosystem was there. But now the internet has expanded all that. Obviously, you got two jokers like us that are doing a podcast, you know, and we talk about this stuff every week, yeah. you know, and and we have now just gotten, this is why I bring this up because I think it's relevant. People really got to pay attention to it. We weren't very legitimate until two weeks ago. Correct. And two weeks ago, thanks to you listening and, you and, and following us, us, but you legitimized us to a certain degree. Correct. You legitimized us to be at least the top 10% of podcasts in the world mm-hmm. and the top 80 podcasts on the planet. Right. Now, we're going to try desperately not to let that go to our head. That's our right. promise to you. But the fact is, is this is how legit- legitimacy starts. It's that simple. Right, yes. And you could have a couple groups that, you know, where we could go on, and this is where I say we're not going to let it go to our head, Jen and I could easily right now write a book on demonology because we have 42 episodes of stuff on the horror genre. We did a demonology episode. We We did did. one on demons and we we could write a book and get it published and we could be, hey, we're legitimate demonologists. Right. It's that simple. That's how simple you could push an idea. Mm -hmm. And we could go so far with the demonologist book to say, Oh, this group of pers- people are bad, and this group of people are bad. We it's could, that yes. simple. Yeah. And I just hope that everyone can keep their mind open to that idea that whatever you're reading and whatever you're listening to, it's not freaking gospel. No. It is not. It is not at all. I what, hope. Frank, what if you're reading the gospels? Well, even that. Mm-hmm. I hate to say, I mean, you've got to have an open mind with all of it. Yes. Like even the Gospels themselves, I think they're well-intentioned books. Yes. But what also everybody has to realize is, is they were writing, written a long time ago. Yeah. And a, and a, the, the group of people then were just so different in Vastly every different. single possible way. Yes. And a book like that, like this, Malice Malificarum, when I read that, that's what it meant to me. Mm-hmm. I know when everybody reads a book that it means something different to them. And for me, it just meant that you give an idea legitimacy through, you, you give an idea its legitimacy through a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A book has that weird power of legitimacy. It does. The moment it's written and it's something physical in your hand, or even now on like a Kindle or a, a Nook or something like that, you, it, it just has this creepy legitimacy to it. Mm-hmm. And again, all books are useful. But not all books are good. Correct. And 
and not just good in a trashy way or, you know, stuff like that. Some but, books, like Harlequin Romances, are good to start fires. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Dianetics is a great example of... Also, also good fire starter. That's a book where a guy just said, fuck you, mm-hmm. to an idea because he was not accepted in a group. Right. He was not accepted yep. by peers that he wanted to be in. Yes. Hitler's the same way. Yep. And he's got his book, too. He does. See the theme? Yeah. <laughs> there's a theme here where there's people that don't feel they're included in a group. Yep. They try to legitimize themselves into it by throwing every passionable idea they have, whether it's crazy. Into a book. Or into a book. And they get the book published. And then. Ta-da! Yeah. They say, hey, look at me. And this is the thing now. Yeah. Because Malice Malficarum, that's why I started this off. When Kramer went through, they all were like, nah, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. And so that's when he went through and pulled an L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. And he got all of the community leaders. He got all of the, you know, he got all these people on board and then went back to the church. Yeah. And when you have a weak pope, yeah, he's going to say, well, now my purity is up for question. Right, yeah. And instead of having humility and bravery, mm-hmm. just said, no, nah, I'm going to take the knee. And, and the, again, there's a lot of books out today that are being crammed down people's throats Yeah, that share this same recipe. Yes. And unfortunately, it's it's that type of climate right now where I don't even want to discuss it because right, yeah. I love the show. So let's not. No, and this show's for entertainment. Yes. And that's where I'm getting at with the legitimacy. Like, we're grateful for the 10%. Yes. We are grateful for the top 80, but at the end of the day, we just want this to be fun. Yeah. We want to have a great time. We want to dive into deep issues like this because I think it's relevant in this case with the book with Malice Malficarum. I don't know about you, but I died this week reading this book because I was like- Let me ask you, what what was your main takeaway? Like when I just said, this is what I learned from, what did you learn from reading that book? What was like your main takeaway that you carry with you? I learned that- based on that criteria, mm-hmm. I would have said or done something that offended someone and I would have. Me too. Unintentionally. Yeah. And probably through an act of ignorance on my part, like yeah. didn't even realize well, and I, I think had that's offended a, someone. Yeah. And then I would have been accused of being a witch. Mm-hmm. I would have said, I didn't do any of this. And they would have said, see that she's a witch. Yeah. And I would have been burned at the stake. And there's a whole bunch of people listening that are nodding, saying the same thing, because again, it's a different time now. Yes. Yeah. Where, and I think that's where everybody gets drawn to the polarization of this topic. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of people that still agree with this. You know no. what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but there's people that sit there and this is, I think, what makes the mystery of witch hunting um, so so much non-mysterious is is there everybody that looks at this idea just says, man, that would be me. Yeah. And today's person of humanity. And I think in that respect, like, I think a lot of us need a bit of perspective. Yeah. I think a lot of us think things might be worse than they really are. Oh yeah. I think there's a lot of uh over exaggeration. I think there's a lot of over generalizations. So in that regard, 
I think it's a must read because yeah. you need to understand where we came from mm-hmm. because you can very easily go there again. We have. We yeah. have gone there repeatedly mm-hmm. throughout history. Yeah. Has it always been a witch hunt? No. But anytime you go after a certain group of people or a certain thought of people, yeah, a it's a witch I- it's a witch hunt. When you go after an idea. Exactly. You know. So and- insert whatever it is, like Hitler with Mein Kampf. With the with the Jews. Yeah, Mein Kampf is, is that, that was his witch hunt. Yeah. And we can very easily get there again. I always, I always thought a cool idea for the show would to just do witch hunts, period, mm-hmm. and just do the different types of witch hunts. You know, whether yeah, it be seriously. Hitler or yeah. you know Kramer in this regard with yeah. with his book. Or again, these are books that again I think I agree with you, Jen. They're they're required reading. I think Mein Kampf is required reading. Yes, you, you need to know your enemy. I yeah, you need to know your enemy because but, sometimes. The enemy is you. You yeah. don't even know it. Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes you're contributing to something correct. that you don't really and realize you're contributing that's to. That's why you need that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I said, not all I not all books are good. Correct. They're useful. Yes. They're useful for whoever is trying to use them or they're useful yes. to learn good from bad yes. and, and stuff like that. But like Mein Kampf was a handbook as well. Yes. Mal's Malficarm, a handbook. Yes. Dianetics, a, a handbook. handbook. Yeah. You know, it was the start of this legitimacy mm-hmm. of an idea that went in a direction that we have to look at as people of humankind and say, I'm not really proud of that. Right. Yes. But I think if you remove that book and you remove that idea and you erase it, you're denying yourself the ability to understand that those things can happen. Do you want to how know they what? can happen? Here's another book that I encourage a lot of people just to thank thank themselves for every day that they have. The Diary of Anne Frank. Yes. It's an amazing, amazing book because A, it's her words. Yes. But also, I gotta laugh with the whole lockdown and people complaining because they don't have you know, I watched everything on Netflix and I watched there's everything. There's nothing left to there's watch. There's nothing left to watch and oh all that God, stuff. Oh my God, I'm so bored. Hashtag you know. done all the things. <laughs> you know, and people are just bored of their hobbies yeah. and things like yeah. that. Um, they're, they're complaining because there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. I think what the I diary mean? of Anne Frank should have been required reading for everyone who was locked down to say, you know the what? The worst part is, is most everyone has read it. Well, and that's <laughs> no, and that's the point I'm getting yes. at is I'm older now. I don't know if that's required reading anymore. That's true too. You know, so you have say someone like you and I yes. that look at that and say, yeah, no, this is way better than what Anne went through. Yeah. You know, could be way worse. Sir. Yeah. And, and that was a long period of time where they yeah. sat up in an attic and they had to be quiet all, all freaking day. Yeah. You know, again, a change in time period where we're just so removed from. We're so removed from all Do you that. want to know what my theory is with malice? What's that? I love I your theories. Th- I think the uh, the broad that <laughs> pissed off the dude. Yeah. And this Kramer. is his love letter to Kramer. her. Yeah, yeah. She was a midwife. Oh, you think so? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be. I bet. Yeah. I bet 
there was a child and the child died in childbirth, which was not uncommon at the time. Yeah, yeah. So she sacrificed your, his baby to Satan. This is your unfactual yes. opinion? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that was my takeaway. Oh, I know right away just reading it. He's got to stick up his yeah, ass with women, Yeah, he's bent about some broad, yeah, so yeah. Someone, I think she was a midwife. Someone broke his heart. Yep. Or just told him his penis was smaller or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, that's Malice Malificarum. Sure is. If you have uh, any thoughts, concerns, questions, critiques, and all that, email us at oth at seriouslydecent.com. Again, we thank you so much for coming in uh, every week to, to listen to us, and yep. we, we appreciate it. Uh, again, a call to action, which is the normal call to action for us. Uh, if you can turn us on to a friend of yours or send the link, yeah. com, so they can learn about us if they're looking for new podcasts to, to listen to and check out. Yeah. and um, Or if there's someone in your life who you think needs to learn a little bit of history. <laughs> Well, I don't want to call us big. That gets back to the legitimacy. I don't want to go the whole historian bit there. However, next week, what do we got? Salem Witch Trials. Yes. This there is was the, a reason there I was suffered a reason. through the Malice Maleficarum. Yeah, yep, we did Salem first. Well, we Malice did that Maleficarum. because we, well, yeah, we figured but, a, if you were going to be going there. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go there. You got to have But some, we inserted Malice Maleficarum in the beginning because... Uh, it leads to a lot of things that happen in Salem. Yes. And or in the Salem witch trials. Correct. The yes. Salem witch trials were a bit different than yes, the European trials. So we had to figure out a way to kind of discuss all that without creating one four hour episode. <laughs> yeah. So Salem witch trials. Yep. We're very excited for that. Yes. Um, we have some great sources, which is what I'm very excited about. I got my my book uh, from Salem. I have the, a book uh, from Salem too, and mine's a third of the the thickness of yours. So yeah, I'm super yeah. excited. Well, I got a nice like ultra boring history book. It's actually the uh, it's the entire court proceeding uh, transcripts. I yeah have a podcast just on it with four different historians mm. and I'm going to name drop that give that one a listen again and oh, okay. take some uh yeah take yeah. some cues no so we're very excited for that uh coming next that's a topic that uh we wax wax on wax off a bit on. we miyagi do that yeah that stuff yeah well unfortunately that's a product of the garbage that came over from yeah Europe, basically, to here. Because mm-hmm. at that time period, I mean, I'm not starting a podcast now, but near the episode now, but but that was pre-Revolutionary War times. Yep. You know, so basically the states here were Britain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what people also have to understand, too. It was the new world. It was the colonies. Yeah. America wasn't always Americans. No. Like in the beginning, it was split up, and I'm not getting into the whole Native American bit, but right, yes. a lot of the ideas that people are, I find this interesting. It's just a lot of the ideas that people are pissed off about today with America aren't really happening today, for starters. Yes. But number two, they weren't created by Americans. 
Americans created America in 1776 officially. Mm-hmm. But before that was the war through that. But the like witch trials and things like that over in Salem. that 1692. That wasn't United States. No. It's close, but, but not there. And, and I think it was a result of these type of situations where, you know, people at that time started sitting around and say, let's do this different. Yes. You know, let's come up with some sort of different idea. And they didn't. Well, they did eventually. Yes. You know, in late 1700s. But with that being said. Yep. We got rule number one. No Ouija boards. None. And I cannot stress this enough. And I see posts like, my daughter's using the Ouija board to learn her letters and numbers. That's a good way to summon a, dof- a I've, demon. I've never seen anything like that. Oh, yeah. It's great. I mean, I don't run in the circles. You run. No, but. you don't. <laughs> you do not. So, so that's cool. Yeah. Number two. No dolls. Number three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. None. None. Okay. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise, or Jehovah. I like that. I like or that. Scientology I, or Nexium. We got to cut this at okay. some point. We could go forever. <laughs> what was the next number? Six. Six. No apathy. We've got to act to bring a positive change into the world. And you can't do that by sitting on the sign line. You're Hands are going to have to get dirty on this one. Dirty hands? Yeah. Dirty You're going to have to wait in. Dirty knees? You're going to have to start doing something. Yeah. Because otherwise, you see where it's going. Yeah. Well, to a certain degree with some things. Yeah. I think the nice part is, is there are still a lot of great people around. There are. I'm reminded of that every day at work. There's every nice day? people. Yeah. There's there just are some nice people. Very, very nice people. Maybe we're fortunate in the area we live. You know, I I know we are fortunate. We are in the yes. area we live. We there's a just a lot of great people here in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, we hope you have a wonderful day, a fantastic week, and make good choices. Take care, folks. <laughs> <laughs>